As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Hello, thanks for downloading this episode of On Farm. We're in strange times at the moment, so I hope you're all well and healthy. Uh, We've got something a bit more upbeat for you today. This is the first of two episodes we've recorded with the Batch Lady. Her real name is Suzanne Mulholland and she lives on a farm in the Scottish Borders. And over recent months, Suzanne has become rather famous for her fantastic social media batch cooking videos. So we've been to visit her to find out more about how it all began. But we didn't start our chat in her famous kitchen, but rather in the outbuildings on the farmyard where she keeps her ingredients and her amazing array of finished products. Right, so this is the famous freezer. The famous freezers. Freezers, yes. Batch lady, you've got to have more than one freezer. Oh, amazing. Quite well organised. Yes. Um, So these are freezers that are catering freezers. So they're stand up. And they've mm-hmm. got no, uh, they've just got shelves. It's like putting something in your pantry, yes, basically. Perfect. So um, easy to view what's in there. Exactly. Yeah. So it's usually got chicken meals, fish meals, um, vegetarian. That's the fish one. That's the vegetarian one. So each shelf is a different yes. protein. So this is my freezer that has already prepared meals. So it's so been batched. It's this been freezer. batched. Yeah. This is the batched freezer. So wow. you just pull it out and you'll see how thin yes. they are. That's, see, that's the mistake I'm making at home. It's a, f- a freezer bag, but com- almost completely flat. So this one's got spaghetti bolognese times four portions in it, but it takes up almost no space because of the way that you've oh, yeah. packed it into the freezer. Exactly. So yeah. it looks like a thin book. That's yes, the best way absolutely. to describe it. And yeah. you stack them up like a bookshelf. Now, yes. the reason that they're so good is if you put them in a freezer bag, and these are all washable and reusable, the mm. freezer bags, so you don't have to worry about, you know, as long as you plastic buy ones, thing. then yes. you're not yes. wasting the plastic. By freezing them flat, you get way more in. So even mm. if you've got a small freezer, you don't need to worry. But also yeah. they defrost really quickly. So of they course. defrost yeah. because they're thinner. Where if you've frozen your stuff in an ice cream tub, yes. three weeks, <laughs> wait for that to defrost. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. these defrost really quick. And also because they're in a bag, if you put them in freezing cold water, they'll defrost mm. in 15 minutes. That was a tip that I didn't know until I watched one of your videos in the early days. I kind of didn't believe it when I, when I heard it because I, I thought, know. how can that be possible? But I tried it. Yeah, so um, yes. not hot water or no, you'll, you'll, no. you'll injure someone. Cold, Cold water. water and they defrost really quickly. So mm. no matter what happens, if the weather turns bad or you're lambing or you've got lots yes. of stuff going on yeah. that you can have it already prepared in, in advance. As you say, it, without taking too much space. Up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't normally touch too much on topical issues on this podcast, but coronavirus we're in the grip of it at the moment although we're still free to move around so hence we're here but I think you know what you do really comes into its own in in either the beast from the east when you're stuck indoors and you can't leave for weeks or situation like this which is currently unknown but where we could be having to self-isolate for 14 days minimum and and having pre-prepared meals is is not 
just sensible but actually could be a sanity saver as well yeah without a doubt I would definitely say so and because we don't know really know what's going to happen in the next few months Mm. it's good to be organized in advance because if nothing happens and we all end up going about our daily life the worst case scenario is you've got 20 meals ready in your freezer for whenever you want them which is perfect so really it's a win-win and really I'd say that it's just about before you go to the shops really thinking about what you do need and how you can make it Mm -hmm. into a meal because panic buying is not going to help you and again just frozen fruit and veg you know it's picked as you all know on the farm and within 15 20 minutes it's processed and frozen for you it's full of good nutrients there's no reason not to use that if you can't get out for any reason why you've still got vegetables and fruit that you can feed your family a balanced diet yeah Yeah. and then that gives you time to concentrate on the homeschooling or I know. Keep me well away from that. (laughs) I I do not intend to do any homeschooling (laughs) apart from throwing my guys out on the farm (laughs) to get on with life. Well, somebody did post something on social media the other day which, which said, you know, particularly if you're rural, which many of our listeners are, use this opportunity to for your kids to learn about, you know, tree species or animals it's everything that's going on on a farm anyway or or in rural areas it actually could be an opportunity for us to teach our kids something different than just algebra yeah I think I think um, I'm a massive fan on kids sort of learning as they go along in normal life so for our kids when school stops they will be with us on the farm doing everything that we plan on doing and they'll be up at the forestry with us doing bits of that and they'll be helping with lambing because we're not quite into that yet so there's lots of stuff that they'll be doing that they will just naturally learn um before we talk a bit more about the farm can we just look in freezer number two yes so this freezer is the non-processed so this is our beef that has come from um our farm so we've got our beef we've got our lamb we've got our um game oh yes lots of game birds in there and um Oh, yeah, we went half on a pig with someone. Oh, excellent. So we've bartered yeah, some beef project. for yeah, some pig because we don't have any pigs. Yes. So we've just got half a pig that's came in from friends of ours. And, yeah, uh, black pudding that uh, came from Carluke. I don't know if you know oh, Carluke black oh, pudding. No, I don't. Um, so Ramsey's. Oh, Ramsey's. Oh, yes, so, yes. I have A bit of haggis going on there, which yeah. always helps. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this is stuff that I will then take out, defrost it, cook it for a family meal, and then make the rest into other meals that will go into yeah. the freezer beside yeah, it. it. Yeah. And um, I know supermarkets are critical for all of us. You know, that I, I don't know very many people who don't shop in a supermarket. We need, We need them. But I know that you also love to support local shops and, and your butcher being one example. Can you tell us a bit about that and how you kind of integrate local produce into supermarket staples in your yeah. recipes? Um, so the majority of my um, people that follow me on The Batch Lady would be following me because they are working full time, they're busy, they've got lots going on in their lives. And so they are, because of that, end up shopping in a supermarket. And it is more expensive sometimes shopping locally. We have to, you know, that has to be a reality in it. But what those local shops give you, like my um, local butcher, who I've done lots of videos with, and I've done videos at Peebles at the fish shop, is they give you great knowledge that you wouldn't necessarily know before. So some of the videos that we've done are sort of, um, you know, going to the um, butchers and saying, what is the cheaper cuts of meat that we can use when we're making these meals? You don't always need the expensive cuts if you're going to put something in a slow cooker or slow roast it you are then using much better 
meat, it's locally sourced, you're helping, um, but you're, you're still spending the same amount of money because mm. you're eating a cheaper cut of meat. And that's yes. where these butchers Absolutely. come into their own. Yeah. And you're supporting the rural community by putting your money into uh, local butchers in that case, or and, and also the farms where the, the meat's coming from. So it's kind of a win-win. Yeah, definitely is. And um, I really try to run the batch lady on a non-judgment sort of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. however anybody eats, whether, you know, whether they're carb free, whether they're vegan, whether they're farmers and eat a lot of meat. I just don't really get involved. I think Mm -hmm. batching is for anybody, no matter what your diet is. But I do always tend to say in terms of um, meat that if you can buy Scottish produced meat for animal welfare it's a lot better so mm-hmm. I've always made a point of saying that if you can possibly yeah. do that and I would rather put half the amount of meat in and substitute it with some lentils and make sure it was better quality meat mm-hmm. for my family but that's my opinion it depends on yes. the budget that people yeah, have absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. particularly as you say put, you're putting adding lentils and also vegetables not only does it does it fill you up but actually you're you're sneaking some vegetables in for perhaps a fussy child in in my case and getting them to eat in a healthy way as well yeah I've started to add in um I've been doing lots on adding in um lentils and things that don't look like lentils because my kids can you know spot a kidney bean from a mile away (laughs) but things like red lentils that can go into a minced meat dish you actually can't tell the difference they disappear but they bulk it out so Mm. it is cheaper it's a bit healthier it's adding in a bit of extra so yeah it's a it's a good way to eat so I'm going to be coming up with lots of stuff like that about how to add in those extra bits that can disappear that eagle-eyed fussy children don't notice Thank you, Suzanne. That was that's fulfilled my organisational obsession, and I've, I love to see order, and that's amazing. And we've seen the raw product and the beginning of the journey, and all of the batched cooking at the end of the journey. So I think it would be good to go back indoors now and have a chat about where it all began and everything that's happened since then, with the book launch, which was was quite recent, and hear your story. Perfect. Yeah, let's go. All right. Look come back indoors get the coats off and sit down at the kitchen table it's such a welcoming lovely hallway i love your church pew there it's really nice extremely cozy i love a bit of interiors when i get the chance so um and i see you've got scented candles as well which always cheers me up so uh, they smell delicious yeah that's my husband who um as a usual rural man never knows what to buy so once upon a time I once said I liked a certain candle and I've now got one every single <laughs> sort of birthday and Christmas because he has no clue they're, just... the, they're the same scent the same <laughs> brand I mean he just goes right I'll just order that online before he's it's probably got a stock sometime more <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so I do that I batch I batch buy birthdays presents well i love this because you've preempted some of my questions and i remember when the first time i met you you were telling me that actually you'd also kind of batch as you say other things and that you for example you know you get your clothes ready if you're going to london for something you get your clothes ready in advance and so it's all about kind of preparedness i guess and that must transfer for you over from cooking into other areas of your life too yeah, I think as lots of your listeners will be in the same boat as when you live somewhere really remote and rural, you have to be organised. Mm. So for lots of stuff, like if if my daughter comes in and says I've been invited to a birthday party, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to manage to find a present and a card. And, you know, it's actually going to be a half a day's jaunt to get mm. to the shops, to buy it, to bring it back. So, um, yeah, so I do one. I do batch things like that where I'll take her and say, right, what do you think 
each girl would like and we'll do it all at the same time yes. and actually you save a great deal of money as well because yes. you're you're not spending three pounds on a card you know you're buying a pack of 10 and mm-hmm. and then we just um, buy small things and keep them in a cupboard up the stairs and then when she comes in and says I've been invited to a birthday party boom already organized yes. <laughs> and that'll be handy at Christmas time as well I should think yeah I mean lots yeah. of stuff like that I think is really good to have organised but I think a lot of people who live in the rural community are all like this we've yeah. all been sort of brought up that you know most of us have as we have what's called a sweetie cupboard you know because you're there's no ice cream van coming around here you're no. you're not going to the local shop so yeah we batch buy our sweets and then I just have to fend the children off so it's very high up <laughs> And what about, this might be a cheeky question, but what about like things like gin? Do you batch buy gin? <laughs> oh, yes. Now, I could let you see my pantry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we batch buy a lot of, uh, a lot of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just never know when you might need it. And I think now is maybe a time that... I've actually given up alcohol for Lent, but I've said to my husband, if they close the schools in East Lothian, then I'm declaring exceptional circumstances and I'm giving up my Lent goal because I don't think I can deal with 24-7 kids and not have a glass of wine at the end of the day. That's a terrible admission. No, not at all. I've already started the exceptional circumstances. I'm well in there last night. I opened a bottle of red and went for a bath. Decided oh, that I was just right. relax as everything was being cancelled in my um, diary because I was yeah. supposed to be in America next week for the for yes, um, starting with the book and it's all postponed. Mm-hmm. So, bottle of red it was. And, and speaking of alcohol, did did you crack open a bottle of champagne on the day that your book was launched? I'm sure, you did. Do you know we should have, but we were quite busy here, and I can't <laughs> remember what was happening. So there is, it's it's been lovely launching a book and doing all of this stuff has been fantastic. But there's definitely here's a good example. So last night I said to um, my husband as he came in the door, I said I've just had an email to say that I'm in the Sunday Times bestseller list for the second week in a row. That's I said, amazing, um, which is amazing, and he yeah. says, Yeah, I've just been to check the biomass. That's brilliant. But could you come and help me with such and such? So. Um, they're really pleased everybody's really happy but life sort of just goes on as normal in this house I think the kids are loving it that um, that they tell everybody that their mum's a YouTube sensation which (laughs) I'm not but it's uh, they think that's cool Um, if you're if you've got teenage kids that your mum's a YouTuber they think that's that's very cool cool. we're sitting right now by the kitchen island next to the Arga which is keeping us warm and obviously an Arga's are a staple of quite a few farmhouse kitchens so Suzanne you told us that this all began because you already batch cooked and some of your school mum friends said well show us how to do it and you did a demonstration for them and that was two and a half ish years ago um, and it's just snowballed since then but can you tell us a little bit about the, the steps along the journey? Uh, yeah so it all started actually about 10 years ago when I had my kids actually probably about 13 years ago yeah. when I really realised that um, I wanted to batch cook and what was out there was either, you know, slightly outdated in terms of it's just being stews and soups and things like that or I then started to look at Americans and how they batch cooked but it was all very much full of cheese and mm-hmm. it wasn't quite how we ate, you know, it wasn't things that we always wanted to eat. So I've always cooked like this and then two years ago, um, friends obviously at the school gates kept saying how do you always know what you're having for dinner (laughs) help us and a friend of mine wasn't very well and um, we were raising money for charity for that and so I said why don't you come along and everybody um had to sort of you know pay at the door and come into my kitchen there was 20 mums and I did a quick demo for an hour and made 10 meals they all went okay 
you need to put that on YouTube or Facebook <laughs> or something. But that is revolutionary. Yeah. And I have never wanted to have a video of myself, not even at my wedding. I don't like getting pictures taken. <laughs> I thought I could never do this. And uh, I drank a lot of wine before the first video <laughs> that I keep meaning to take off of YouTube. Because you need it for the recipe. <laughs> it's a very slurry video, but literally for weeks, my husband was saying, will you just do a video where instead I'd got the camera, I'd got the laptop, I'd learned how to do everything apart from actually making <laughs> the video. So, um, and then once I made one and I put it out and thought I'll test it, and see what people think and it just really went from there I haven't tried particularly hard to do this it's just been people started to write in to say mm. that was brilliant would you do a chicken one that was great would you do a vegetarian one it's been very organic I haven't sort of like pushed it out there and even when Harper Collins got in touch they got in touch with me you know I didn't mm. I wasn't there sort of punting it or anything it just um, sort of naturally occurred which is how I like things to yes, work in life yeah just last week we were on a Perth to farm with a farmer called Martin Kennedy who actually kind of came to my attention in many ways because he puts a lot of stuff on Facebook which is a very rational and logical argument about the benefits that farming delivers for the countryside so it's obvious that Facebook and other social media platforms are really beneficial for for businesses like yours or uh, initiatives like yours have you ever seen the, the not so nice side of social media at all? Uh, yeah, I ha- so I do think it's hugely beneficial. I think you're completely right there. And it's great if you live rurally that you can get stuff out. Mm. Yeah, there is always a negative side of it. So um, YouTube is always more negative than the rest of social media. And that's because a video will just pop up. Somebody's been watching something else. Then they don't mm. quite understand what yours are. Where on other social media, people have chosen to follow you. Yes. I make it a point and always have that um, I respond to everything And I will respond to a negative comment if there's a reason for it and I need to let them know. But generally, um, I don't read much. Like if if I'm in newspapers or magazine Mm. articles, I never read any of the comments ever. Mm. If I'm online, I don't read it. So I I just, I think for mental health, it's good to put stuff out there, answer all the good bits that you can and, you know, leave the other bits alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, quite right, quite right. It's amazing, I think, because I've managed to for anybody who's out there who's rural as well is you can create a business now from living anywhere at all Mm. Um, and you can reach a vast amount of people around the world I've got the book launches in America in May um, in Australia it's going all over Europe I mean who would have thought from a a farmhouse in the Ettrick Valley that you could you know tap into that many people and actually you can nowadays if you've got a decent amount of internet Mm. access then you can do anything Actually, what advice would you have for somebody, anybody out there in rural Scotland who's thinking, oh, I've got a bit of a seed of a business idea, but I don't know what to do next? Yeah, I think that's a great question, actually. I think I would really say is you need to not think about it as a business. I never started this wanting to create a business. I didn't plan to ever start it. It was just some mums at the school gate asking me to show them how to batch cook and then say to put it on YouTube and Facebook and it went from there. And for two years, um, I started two and a half years ago and it's all been free content. Now you can make money through different ways, but um, you know if you're doing some demos and things like that, but you really have to give people a lot of free content and free information. People aren't going to buy from somebody when they don't know who they are. So um, I think that's the main pitfall that people sometimes do is expecting that people will automatically 
and mm. be able to create some money from this. And it you it has to be thought of more long term. But what I would say is when it happens in terms of, you know, getting some amazing feedback is it's really good for your quality of life. You know, mm. if you feel like you're helping people and um, people are getting in touch with you all the time saying, you know, this is great. I've got four children. You've really helped me. I'm working full time. I'm a GP and I'm struggling to manage and it's been great. Then that really, really helps. And it's those things that are significant to me yeah. rather than the sort of massive business idea I think that naturally progresses itself if you can just give somebody the the sort of information that you want to give them so do you think that's what gives you the most satisfaction then despite despite the book and everything is it do you think that's the kind of the original motivation is still what gives you the most satisfaction uh, yeah, I think it's part of it, um, definitely. The other part is I'm 44 years old. I, you know, studied a master's degree in time management. That's what I'm really into. That's why I'm doing this. That's not really the cookery aspect of it. It's more about saving time. Mm-hmm. And um, being in a rural place on a farm with two kids, I did start to feel like I was going a bit brain dead. <laughs> so the fact that I'm actually learning new stuff every day, you know, I've learned to edit a video. Mm-hmm. I've learned, I mean, I didn't have, uh, I shared a, email account with my husband you know now the fact of learning something new every day and every day I'm still learning new things you know of how to create a different type of video or writing a book was completely new to me Mm. and doing that so it's really allowed me Mm. I feel young Mm. compared to what I did when I was sort of in that drudgery of not as drudgery I loved being with the kids but you know you do feel slightly switched off and so um, I definitely feel like I'm back I'm back being the 25-year-old I was before I had kids. And what I would say as well is, of course, when I'm doing these videos and I'm creating the meal in front of people who are watching it, I've actually then saved the time because that's what we're eating that night. And half of it's going in the freezer. So I sort of, although I am doing the videos for YouTube and for Facebook, I'm actually using all of that stuff to feed everybody on the farm. So. It's a win-win. Yeah. Now, I remember, this is kind of always stuck in my mind. I remember when I first met you, which was very much after you'd started, but it was before the kind of the book deal and everything. And you described to me all of the different benefits that people can derive from batch cooking. And I have to admit that I had probably only seen the most obvious one, which is that you have a load of delicious meals in your freezer. Um, But you talked to me about uh, how it can save money and sort of mental energy and things like that. So can you maybe talk us through what the the benefits that people do get when they kind of embrace the whole batching ethos? Uh, Yeah, so I think that if you no matter whether you love cooking or whether you hate cooking, and it's like this with anything in life, if you are going to do it or be asked to do something every single day of your life, that becomes a chore. Mm. And we're all nowadays inundated with the fact of we need to try to save money. We don't want to use very much plastics. We want to give nutritious meals to our kids. We need a variety of meals to give to our kids. We're all working a lot of long hours compared to what it used to be years ago and um, all of that creates a lot of sort of you know it's quite hard mentally on your headspace Um, and that's not just food you could then look at everything else that becomes a chore you know that that you do that sort of groundhog day that you do every Mm. single day so I think what batching food does is it allows you to um, be quite mindful of what you're buying and when you're cooking sort of like on a Sunday morning I might do 10 meals it takes me an hour I'll put them in the freezer and I feel a great sense of sort of Mm. achievement 
I've done it. It's done for the time ahead. I know my family are being fed. And also there's a ton of people that are probably like what I am sometimes when I'm not that organized. Is it three o'clock in the afternoon? You're still at work, but you're thinking, what am I going to feed everybody? How's it going to work? And, um, you know, batching takes that away. It really does. If you, if I said to you, Anna, that you're going to come in every night and you're going to have a meal that just needs put in the oven for 30 minutes, it's homemade, it's nutritious. You're only going to have to wash one dish that it was in and you'll have that every single night. Would Like you'd jump at it. Oh, absolutely. You? And I think also we've talked about kind of panic buying in the context of coronavirus, but actually I think some people panic buy almost on a daily basis because they think, oh, I don't know what we're going to have for supper. So they go into the supermarket and just grab what they see and end up maybe buying things that don't necessarily go together or spending more money than they need to because they haven't planned out their shop. Um, And so I think it's benefiting in that way as well. Uh, Yeah, I've been doing quite a lot of work with love food hate waste and it is about sort of I mean when we waste food um, although it's sometimes seen as quite a boring topic but actually you're not only wasting money but you're wasting the time that it took you to go and choose that Mm -hmm. to to then bring it home take it out of a bag put it in your fridge take it out the fridge put it in the Mm. bin you know there's a lot that goes with that amongst wasting the food itself and wasting the time of the person who's grown that food as well without a doubt and if it's a pepper you know where it's flown from Mm. and all of that stuff so the meals that I show you how to make I show you how to portion them out as well so that actually you're not being left with leftovers you're making your own ready meals that's basically the yes, best way to look yeah, at absolutely. it. And I suppose also, certainly in, in my household, this won't be the same for everybody, but actually it's, it's quite a good way also of preventing a little bit of unnecessary greediness. Because I know if, if, if I make or if my husband makes a meal from scratch just for that night, there might be just a little bit more than we really need. And sometimes the temptation is, oh, we'll, we'll just finish it. Whereas if you pre-portion things, you're actually eating a healthy portion size because you've done it yourself deliberately like that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, apart from I'm not a size eight, so I'm obviously not eating that much of a healthy portion <laughs> size, although I do like coffee and a scone. So um, yeah, I will steer away from that. <laughs> but no, um, what I would say is, yeah, the portion sizes are quite funny because I show you how to portion control. But obviously some people write into me and say, your portions are huge. And other people write in and say, these portions are tiny. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we, we've seen your amazing freezers and you, you explained to us about, you, you use the bags, the reusable freezer bags. So you wash them and use them again. Are there any other kind of tools of the trade that you really recommend in terms of making the batching journey easier for people? Uh, yeah. So actually what I would always say is you don't need very much. You need a huge big pot, which most people tend to have. Um, I would always say a set of cups, you know, those spoon cups that you get. So all the recipes in the book and on my website are all in cups. And the reason is it's really quick to use. You're not having to weigh things out. It's put in three cups. And when you're portioning it out, like a cup of bolognese is a portion, you know. Mm. Um, So I would, I would say cups are definitely good. Your, your bags that you can put stuff in is great. Now I've got silicon bags as well. Mm. They're not as cheap, but they then last. Oh, it's like a bit that. like buying your Tupperware, so they're always very good. Um, so you really don't need very much no. at all. The recipes in the book are all paired with... So if you've got one 
meal. It shows you how to do another meal that's quite similar. So if you're going to be making fish pie, you can also make a fish chowder in the same amount of time. And so as long as you are sort of, um, you've got enough things in that you can um, put them in either. Um, so Pyrex dishes with the lid on the top ah, yes, that you yes. get are fantastic. If for whatever reason, somebody's not had a chance to go to the shop, so they don't necessarily have the ingredients they need for one of your recipes in the book. Um, have you got any kind of store cupboardy tips up your sleeve that might be helpful for a kind of emergency situation? Um, yeah, actually, I just did an article on this, um, funnily enough, <laughs> yesterday for a newspaper that's about to come out. So um, store cupboardy tips are really sort of, I include in the store cupboard my freezer. So frozen fruit and veg, always fantastic things like cans of tuna that you can then mm-hmm. make into more of a sort of like you know pasta bake your tinned vegetables one of the things that I would always recommend and I've used it a few times in my book as well is M. Um, Campbell's condensed soup Oh, it is right. a yes. fantastic, yeah. um, easy, That's a staple, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and that. everybody laughs about it and goes, mm-hmm. oh, what about those people that use condensed soup? Condensed soup is fantastic. It, you can make a chicken pie out of two mm. leftover chicken breasts and some tinned vegetables. And you've got this creamy chicken pie that is actually, if you thought about it, it's like feeding your children soup with chicken in it. I mean, it's healthy. Yes, it's good. Yes. Those things are amazing. That's and I swear by and them. you the veg as well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yes, definitely condensed soup. Go and buy condensed soup, everybody. It's a perfect one to have in. <laughs> and they don't even sponsor you. So that's like a, a free tip. Yes, Campbell's, <laughs> if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Get in touch. <laughs> Um, now I know in in your videos you you do cook on your aga because you ha- we're sitting in the farmhouse kitchen next to an aga, but you don't talk about it specifically, understandably, because not that many people in the wider population have an aga. But we are a farming and rural podcast, so there will be a few people uh, listening who have an aga. Um, do you enjoy cooking on it? Have you got any kind of unique tips for for aga owners that might be different for other people? Um, yeah, so I love cooking on it. I mean, I've always cooked on an aga, so um, to me, it is the best way that you could possibly cook. But you're right, I don't really mention it, and it's because there's a lot of people that don't have one. But um, I absolutely love it. I love the slow bottom oven mm. because you can just throw stuff in there. I also like the fact that you can cook anything in the top oven and then just leave it sort of warm for people coming in. So quite often, if I've got kids coming in at different times, they can just scoop out what they want out of it. Um, so I absolutely love it. My top tip that I just learned the other day Ooh. is that on your on the top of your aga, on your what do you call the what am I calling Plates. the top on my plate? Mm-hmm. If you want something to sit for a long time and simmer, but your um, cooler plate is still too hot, you get three two pence pieces and sit them on a triangle, and then sit your pot on top of the two pence pieces and it'll just have enough heat to sort of radiate and simmer away removed. i did not know that either that's there you go that's life-changing it's my top <laughs> agate tip that's amazing <laughs> we'll leave the chat there and pick up next time thank you to suzanne and thank you to all of you for listening um hope you found this useful and for times of lockdown and obviously lambing season for some of you Uh, useful in terms of working out what you've got in the freezer and how to make best use of it for some batch cooking. So we hope you found it useful and please do stay safe.